0: Welcome to this mini-podcast series entitled Glimpses of a Possible Future, brought to you by MakeSpace Oxford. As part of our fifth anniversary celebrations, we connected with a handful of local projects that inspire us. Great examples of people-powered placemaking. We hope you enjoy the conversations. Now here's Glimpses of a Possible Future. Welcome back for the um, third conversation of the day on Aristotle Lane and MakeSpace's fifth birthday. Um, We are at Aristotle Lane and just having some conversations with some of the projects that surround us in Oxford City that inspire us, that we've been evolving alongside and we're looking at hearing now from Sarah Thorne from The Children's Allotment. So Sarah, do you want to say hi and introduce yourself a little bit, your relationship to the project and tell us a little bit about what The Children's Allotment is?
1: Yeah, thanks for having me and for inviting me to this conversation. So the children's allotment started also about five years ago and the project um, was an idea in in Alice Hemmings' mind for a long time and then she managed to secure a lease with um, the council for 10 years of peppercorn rent um, in order to create an outdoor education and growing space and so she, the space that we got was completely overgrown, we couldn't even go on it for the first, I think for the first year or even longer, and she invited a couple of people from the local community, families in to start create, to start kind of growing and working on a vision for what could happen in the space. And so, at that time, I was, I'd set up a kind of Steiner, stay and play group. Um, I had two really small children, a two year old and a nearly one year old, and um, was thinking a lot about alternative education. Um, And so, came along to the first meeting, which was really inspiring. Lots of people came with quite small children. And then we started to build this vision and and so we we had this kind of two pronged approach, I suppose the site needed a lot of work before it was even safe for kids to go on but quite soon.
0: Tell us a bit about like what you found when you so, like what did yeah. it look like when you arrived on site I mean I, mean, I remember those early days, yeah. but paint us a picture
1: yeah. the, so the site is part of um, and a part of the East Ward Allotment Association. And it used to be a plant nursery, but it was was left derelict for about five years before we started going onto the site. And there was a big polytunnel structure that was filled to the roof with like wooden, moldy wooden structures that were full of plant pots, gardening magazines, all sorts of like, I mean, full of rubbish, full and completely overgrown with brambles. The rest of the site there was, was just brambles, mainly just brambles.
0: I remember you just had to tunnel your way through, didn't you? It was like a, yeah, it was like a little warren.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And so, one side of the project was starting to kind of clear areas without kids involved and we had the goods gym good gym good gym good gym good yeah, Gym. Yeah yeah, help, um, make space. yeah yeah they were brilliant they came and they did really big big bits of work and um, tackling the brambles and there was yeah there was a lot of rubbish a lot of debris because it was such a derelict site people started fly tipping and you know, it'd been left like that for a long time. So but um that was so that was the one kind of arm of what we were doing. The other side of our work was then starting to and that's what I I got really excited about, was to start gathering people together who were interested in alternative and inspiring approaches to education. So because we couldn't use the site for that yet, we used other sites around Oxford actually often kind of cafes because they had spaces for kids and there from the beginning we had always children in the space so we had um, working groups we invited people to come and give talks um, we had a film series all looking at really like past present and also future kind of visions for, for um, Yeah, how to think about education differently and that brought in really, that brought in a wide range of different people who were interested in that, mostly who also had small children and we always had childcare at those sessions so partly that was us rotating looking after the kids, it was in the same space so it was like, it wasn't a separate thing Sometimes we asked for donations from the participants to pay somebody to do it. Sometimes it was just a table with some craft things that kids could be at and while we were having the conversation. So that became a kind of integral part of how we worked as a kind of group and, and, and we grew as a group. Yeah. That we always, it it really had kind of kids at the heart of it and i remember so you know because the question is also like what's my relationship to it and from when i had my first child i remember thinking like what are the um what are the tools that our children or the next generation will need to face their future the world you know like we our generation we can't we can't create that we don't know and they need to have space in order to develop the skills to be able to do that and so that and I think there are lots of lessons for that in really alternative education and in the UK there is there is so little space for, re- for alternatives to education. And I know there are places where it's a lot worse and there are places where it's a, it's much better. So I, you know, like in Germany, they have a wide range of alternative education spaces and they are funded. So therefore they are really well attended.
0: They're inclusive. They're inclusive. The barriers They're are inclusive. dropped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's so striking the, the difference. Um, compared to other countries and I think that's been really striking about your whole approach is that idea of kind of creating together, being very inclusive, making sure that the kids are not separated is really powerful and it's wonderful seeing uh, the kids enjoy the site and play and play whilst meetings are happening and whilst you know work and play is sort of blended isn't it and the sort of boundaries between between those ideas are sort of melted away. and the site is incredible now. Like you, you, cleared tons and tons of brambles and rubbish away. Yeah. And uh, so, tell us a little bit about um, what it what it looks like today and what's going going on on the site.
1: Yeah. So now the site has been mainly cleared. We've got a beautiful kind of um, orchard area with lots of fruit trees. There's a little playhouse. There's some climbing structures. There's a big we've cleared the polytunnel and recovered it. There was an old, uh, quite dangerous uh, building on it that we've taken down and um, put up a really beautiful um, yurt in in its place. There's a compost toilet and hand washing station. And now a whole load of different activities that happen in the site. So we have Roots Radical Learning, which is a a self-directed learning group. That use the space for three days a week, which um, which is really wonderful, and they have a very a very unique and very inspiring approach to education, which is a lot around um, non-violent communication with children. And then there's a growing group that use the. We've got lots of raised beds, lots of um, vegetables growing. They come regularly to look after the kind of growing side things and we have an after school forest school program for children in the local and from local primary schools
0: and i can sort of testify it really is as good as it sounds you know the kids just love it don't they they can run wild yeah. they can climb the trees they can harvest their own fruit and veg and and it's and it's within a safe space you know there are ba- there are edges to the site which Mean that they can't just run away into the yeah. into East Oxford but it, it feels big enough and spacious enough that they can almost just lead themselves into play and yeah. learning which is yeah. really lush. Yeah.
1: And I think part of that is because they have been so involved from the very beginning. It's theirs. So it's theirs yeah. and we have really observed not only have they been there as the project has grown but they've observed, we've observed what areas they gravitate to in the space and therefore then cleared that area or like they started like climbing on the trees here so we we cleared a bit of a a space and so it's grown really organically with the children and how they've used it
0: yeah i love that very much sort of just sensing and learning very permaculture but also just responding to to their demands yeah Yeah. it's really really beautiful so that i mean there's there's so much to draw from this, and it, it really feels like it's, um, it's unfolding into a new chapter. You've got the establishment of roots, you're starting these, um, these after-school clubs. And I think you touched on it, but really want to emphasise, you know, we've got, what is it, over half, half the world's population living in cities and it's growing rapidly. I think in the UK it's up almost 85% of kids growing up in urban areas. And here they're immersed in nature and not nature is in manicured parks and safe, um, curated playgrounds. It's it's pretty wild. It's pretty rough and and ready around the edges. It's pretty real. Um, So there's that learning to build a very personal connection to the land and to a growing space and to, you know, the ecology around us and the more than human kin that we share the world with, which is just so magical. What of all the fantastic ingredients that um, you have sort of touched on, would you want to offer up in the spirit of this, you know, we're creating glimpses of a possible future, one that builds connection, community, opportunities for health and well-being for everyone. Um, what would you like to offer up today from the project? A sort of learning, it could be a tool, a tactic, um, an experience that you, you think we need in the future.
1: Yeah, I think what I would give, or what I would like to offer as a kind of ingredient, is including children and and families from a really from the start, and really building it into the design of a of the setup of a project, because I think that has meant that we have set things up at a slower pace definitely at a slower pace and had to rethink where we meet so that we can have children in the space it means that we can't be as responsive to other things on the other hand it's meant that we are so in that in the need and so immediately um, can respond to that and the children at the same time bring so much to the project they have really been a part of as I said, part of how the space has been designed, but also they have seen it emerge and helped to build a a climbing frame, seen the space change, and I think that's a really important lesson for children or a really important learning opportunity for children. Um,
0: And for the adults to to learn through their children's eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a beautiful ingredient. We could talk a lot more, but I think we're going to wrap it up there. Maybe we'll have the chance to do a deeper dive at some other point and bring in some other members of the project. But um, Sarah Thorne, thank you so much for joining us on MakeSpace's fifth birthday.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: All right. Thank you for listening to this mini podcast series entitled Glimpses of a Possible Future. We'd love to hear what you thought. And so do get in touch with us via socials or share it with a friend. And if you'd like to hear more news and events from MakeSpace Oxford and our wider community, then get in touch via our website and sign up to our newsletter at makespaceoxford.org.